What is going on, everyone? Welcome back. Raise the Apple podcast here with a brand new episode. And today, City Field will have Mets baseball. The Mets home opener is today. I'm super excited at 1 o'clock today. Taiwan Walker is making his Mets debut. He was the last signing of the offseason for Steve Cohen and the Mets. He mostly was thought of originally to be kind of more of the back back end of the rotation, but now with Carrasco being injured and not knowing when Carrasco is going to come back, Taiwan Walker will probably be play a much bigger role than people anticipated, and I am super excited to see what he can do. He's three years uh, removed from having Tommy John. He's finally healthy enough. He's got a fresh start with a new team spent last year with Toronto and hopefully give the Mets a lot of innings and some good depth. Yesterday uh, was not a great day, to say the least, for the Mets. It was not not a, not one of their better games. Uh, David Peterson made his season debut. Peterson went just four innings, allowed six earned runs on seven hits with two walks and five strikeouts. Jacob Barnes came in after that, followed by Batantis, and then Joey Lucchesi making his Mets debut for the final two innings. Not... No bueno. We'll just we'll leave it at that. Yesterday was not a good day for the Mets. I'm not worried. A lot of people are forgetting. That's it's three games into the season. It is okay for the Mets to get a couple little hiccups out of the way. Now a lot of people say, well, you need to get off to a good start, otherwise you're gonna get left behind, which is fair. But at the end of the day, this is I said it on Tuesday in Tuesday's episode. It is a 162 game season. They are not going to go 162-0. They are also going to have games that are just downright ugly and embarrassing to watch. That's okay. It's going to happen from time to time as long as, you know, if if the Mets are still performing like this in May, then you can make fun of me and tell me how wrong I was. But I'm not worried. Every, all Mets fans need to take a deep breath. I also said in Tuesday, Mets Twitter is a wild, wild place. They are a rowdy bunch of fans, but it's a, it, they have a love-hate relationship <laughs> with this team. But today, all good things. Uh, City Field getting first sign of life with fans as well. I think City Field is 20%, 20 or 25% capacity. Masks obviously have to be worn and all that. Hopefully, as the summer goes on, hopefully we can slowly increase that number and have more and more fans until eventually, ideally in a perfect world, assuming the Mets make the playoffs, we could have a full house at City Field for the postseason. But again, that's all dependent on how well everything ends up shaping out with COVID. But Taiwan Walker will get the nod for the Mets home opener. Nick Nieder, I apologize if I said that name wrong, Nick Nieder of the Miami Marlins will make his first MLB start Originally, the start was supposed to be for Eliezer Hernandez. He's going on the IL with uh, right bicep inflammation, so Nieder will take his place. He's the number 12 prospect for the Miami Marlins. He made four relief appearances last year, had an ERA just under 5.5. So certainly interesting to see where he will go. The Marlins, the Marlins and the Reds, in my opinion, are they're I don't anticipate the Reds more so. I think the Reds are more likely to make the playoffs than the Marlins are. I don't think the Marlins have really a chance to make the playoffs. But the Marlins and the Reds, I think, are comparable because 
they're scrappy little teams. They got a lot. They're they got a lot of little fight in them. I know the Marlins starting off one and five, but they got a little bit of fight in them, which is awesome to see. I love seeing that things are definitely starting to turn around in Miami. And I also think the Reds are the same way. The Reds are off to a great start. They're five and one, led by Nick Castellanos. There's scrappy little teams. I love seeing it. You love it's the great thing about baseball is. I mean, yes, you have the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Braves and the Cardinals and those teams that are always there every year. But every year, it seems like there's one or two, maybe three teams that no one expected to be as good as they are or make as big of a run as they do. And then they it kind of takes baseball by storm. The Angels are another team. They get off to a good start at 4-2. and two. Their offense, as long as the Angels could stay healthy... They can absolutely mash, but they just need to stay healthy, and the Angels will be in contention all year. The Reds, they're going to have their work cut out for them. They got the Brewers. They got the Cardinals in that division with them. That's going to be a three-horse race. And the Marlins are... The Marlins just have four great teams above them that's just going to be too hard to pass. But... Again, it's good, certainly going to be a great weekend series. The Mets are off tomorrow, and then we'll resume this weekend and finish up their series with the Marlins. Then they're back playing the Phillies again, and then or home against the Phillies. Then I believe they had two Colorado or home against Colorado. Either way, they're playing the Rockies after that. So seven of their first ten games are against the Phillies. I don't like that, but I don't I don't make the schedules. But that's all pretty much it for the Mets. Again, Mets fans, stop freaking out it is okay it is three games ignore the fact that Jairus Familia gives us heart problems whenever he comes in to pitch in the ninth no lead is safe with him it seems but he do- he gets the job done uh, the other night he got the job done so I'm not going to put too much stock into it a lot of new Mets making their debuts um, May in their Mets first win two nights ago May looked had a nice bounce back it was nice to see that so hopefully things are, it's just kind of getting your feet, getting your feet underneath you. They're getting going. They got a late start this year, so all all's well. I'm not I'm not worried. No one else should be worried. If this if it's May or June, and the bullpen still has an ERA over seven, I mean, granted it's three games, but if the bullpen still has an ERA in the six or sevens, then there's more cause to concern. But that's all for the Mets news. Next up is a little MLB wrap up. First of all. There were two trades, and then we're going to talk about one guy on the Tigers that is taking everyone by just amazement. The first trade, the Atlanta Braves, they have acquired Orlando Arcia from the Brewers. In exchange, uh, Milwaukee is getting two right-handed pitchers in Chad Sabokta and Patrick Weigel. This was kind of a very shocking move. I was not expecting Arcia to be on the move at all. But Arcia's heading to Atlanta. He'll most likely be on the bench to start in Atlanta, considering he's primarily played shortstop. They got Austin Riley, I believe, playing third. He has played a little bit of outfield, so Arcia may get more time in the outfield. But he's a, he's an up-and-coming guy. He's been in the majors for six years. He's still only 26. But he has, he has had glimpses in Milwaukee where he's been fantastic. And he has had times where he will, just wasn't really that good. Hopefully a fresh start in Atlanta will do well for him. But again, one of the this is one of those moves 
that kind of was a surprise, but it makes sense. From the Brewers' standpoint, this may, means that Luis Urias is going to take over the everyday shortstop role. You know, Travis Shaw having a great start to the year. He's man in third. Luis Urias will be, take over short. He's It seems like he's seen to be the future. Uh, the Brewers acquired him and Eric Lauer from the Padres back in November of 2019. That was the trade that sent Trent Grisham and Zach Davies to San Diego. Zach Davies now with the Cubs. Trent Grisham now a gold glove winner after he made that costly error in the wild card game against the Nationals, if we remember that, which uh, that would be an awful feeling if that were me to make that mistake at that time. I, I feel so bad for Trent Grisham. But he got a gold glove next year, so it all worked out. But Arias will most likely be now the everyday shortstop for Milwaukee. Arcia will most likely play a bench role in Atlanta, but they do get some much-needed depth. Uh, Atlanta's off to a very bad start. Max Freed got lit up. Uh, did he pitch it? Yes, yesterday Max Freed got lit up a little bit by the Nationals. But, again, it's still early. It's the first week of the season. Atlanta by June, Atlanta will be right there in the thick as one of the best teams in baseball. So don't don't anyone worry about anything. It's a week into the season. It's a lot. It's hard to tell how teams are going to be one week into the season. You know, you could get off to a hot start or a poor start, but come May or June, it, it could look completely different. The other trade was the Yankees are acquiring Rudnett Odor from the Texas Rangers. In exchange, the Rangers are getting outfielders Josh Stowers and Antonio Cabello. And the Yankees are getting Odor and Cash. Odor may, will also be like RCL, probably probably be off the bench considering the Yankees have DJ LeMahieu at second and Glaber Torres at short. But uh, Cabello is the Yan- or was the Yankees' 18th best prospect. Stowers has been a part of two. This is the second time Stowers has been traded in his career. The first time he was traded, uh, he was a part of the Sonny Gray trade that sent Sonny Gray from the Yankees to the Reds. Uh, but a lot of people aren't don't see much in Stowers. I can't say much because I don't know Stowers or Cabello. But uh, a lot of reports are saying that Stowers doesn't expect to be more than a fourth outfielder in the major leagues. But there is a lot of promise with uh, the 20-year-old Antonio Cabello. The last thing we're going to talk about before we do this date in baseball, it's a quick episode today, uh, not much going on, but I want to make sure I pronounce his name right. Akil Badu, the 22-year-old with the Detroit Tigers. What a phenomenal start to his career. We've seen his speed. Uh, we've seen his speed on the base pass with his first triple. We've seen his power with the home run. We've seen his arm. He seems like he could be something really, really special for the Tigers. I know uh, Fuzzy, who's another U- baseball YouTuber, is the uh, unofficial president of the Akil Badu fan club. This guy is just unreal. I haven't watched any of the Tigers yet. I've just seen the highlights of their games. But there's not, there's not much... To be, there is a little bit to be excited about with Casey Mize and Spencer Torkelson and all those up and coming superstars. Akil Badu is one of those bright, is also another one of those bright spots. Things are looking better in Detroit. Uh, maybe not this year in terms of making the playoffs, 
but they certainly are heading in the right direction, just like the Marlins. Their rebuild is starting to come around a little bit. There's starting to be some light at the end of the tunnel. Right now, the team that everyone's trying to avoid is the Pirates. So it's no longer the Tigers and the Royals and the Marlins. Now it's just Pittsburgh, and you can make the argument for Colorado. But Badu, oh my goodness. He has had a fantastic start to his career, and I look hopefully he can continue this throughout the year. Now the last part of today's episode is this day in baseball history. I'm going to play the clip on my phone, and uh, baseball fans out there, you guys know exactly what this is. He's sitting on 714. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a drive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. It's gone. It's 715. There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. The fireworks are going. Henry Aaron is coming around third. His teammates are at home plate. That's right, on Today in Baseball History, Hank Aaron hit number 715 of his major league career, which passed Babe Ruth's mark of 714 as MLB's all-time home run king. Uh, Hank Aaron would eventually continue on to hit, uh, I want to say 750-something. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. But then, as we all know, in 2007, was it no oh seven? I think it was, that Barry Bonds passed Hank Aaron as the all-time home run king. Hank Aaron uh, unfortunately passed away back in January at the age of 86. One of, if not the great, in my opinion, the probably top three greatest baseball players of all time is Hank Aaron. And Today, in 1974, hit number 715. You got the Vin Scully call. You got the Milo Hamilton call, which I just showed you guys. You have the uh, two fans that ran out of the field when he was rounding second. Everything that Hank went through, unbelievable. A great, great day in baseball history. That's pretty much going to wrap it up for today's episode of Raise the Apple. We hope I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe down below if you're listening on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, make sure you also subscribe there. And follow on Twitter at RTA underscore pod for Mets highlights, Mets news, baseball news, anything you can think of. Uh, but we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Hopefully the Mets can get some positive momentum going tonight now being back in front of a home crowd. Uh, Thanks for joining, and let's go Mets.